there was a switch I had when I started to really understand the five elements. I think I was having some health challenges and was studying the five elements from a um, Chinese medicine perspective, which is basically acupuncture. That's what acupuncture is. It's then balancing the five elements within your body. And then realizing that we have the five elements are very present in our home. And it's the same, it's basically acupuncture for the home is, is, is feng shui in some ways. And so I really delved into to the five elements and then wrote a book about it and decorating with the five elements of feng shui. What my biggest takeaway as I was writing that book was just how important our built environment, any, any space, any architectural space that's built, our built environment is our bridge between us as humans and nature. Tisha Morris is the best-selling author of books like Decorating with the Five Elements of Feng Shui, Mind, Body, Home, Transform Your Life One Room at a Time, and Feng Shui Your Life, The Quick Guide to Decluttering Your Home and Renewing Your Life. Prior to entering the healing arts, Tisha practiced law and obtained a fine arts degree in interior design. She's a certified Feng Shui consultant, life coach, energy healer, and yoga instructor. Tisha works one-on-one with clients, homes, and businesses, and is the founder of Earth Home School of Feng Shui. For more information, visit Tisha at earthhome.tv. This was an extremely important discussion for me, and I think so often people just have no idea of what Feng Shui is actually about. It's not just about how you arrange the furniture in your house. It's about who we are as planetary beings. It's how we learn to live in balance and harmony with nature. I wouldn't call Tisha a feng shui expert. I'd call her an ambassador, a messenger with a profound understanding of our universe and how we can thrive within it. I hope you get as much enjoyment out of this discussion as I did. This is a space for authentic conversations around indigenous wisdom, politics, and consciousness as we forge a path towards a more peaceful and harmonious world. I'm Jared Angaza, and this is Anipi Radio. All right, thanks so much for joining us on the show today, Tisha. Thank you so much, Jared, for having me. It's, it's an honor to have you. Uh, obviously, your, your professional career has, has been pretty amazing, and it's been something that I've followed for a long time, but we also have a personal relationship, and I appreciate that as well. Your insight and wisdom has certainly had a big impact on my life and my wife, uh, who went to your class, <laughs> uh, yeah. your, your feng shui class, and that had a huge impact on uh, everything in our home. <laughs> I mean, it, and it's it's been... It's been a really beautiful addition to something that I had never, I had never really thought about any of that prior, uh, any of the feng shui elements. I didn't know really what feng shui was. I had, I think, kind of the typical perception of that, and I didn't give it the credit that it deserved. I now know so much more about it. And when we went to, so we got into this house in November, 
when we were looking for a house after having just moved back into the States after 12 years of not living even in the country, much less in Nashville, we, uh, we were looking like, how do we find the right house and so on? So yeah, your book, um, it, it, I mean, it, it, I, I think I sent you a picture of it all tattered up and, and, and worn out because we've it had such a huge impact in our life, your mind, body, home, where it, uh, we thought about very deliberately, what is the numerology of a home that we want to be in? What is, you know, what are those implications and how do we translate that into our lives and so on? And I think I've read your book or read that particular book and you have many, but that one, I don't know, three or four times all the way through and it still sits in our room and we, we refer to it all the time. And, 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 and by the way, I cannot pass a house now without looking at the house number <laughs> and doing, and, and doing the numerology on it. So thanks for that. <laughs> it, it's a huge education and something that, that has, uh, yeah, it's part of our everyday life now, uh, as where it, it was not before. And, and Leah has continued in her studies of feng shui and, and obviously following you through that as well. Uh, and it's been, it's been a really cool journey. But there is a, there's another little side note here that I wanted to talk about. Um, I, and this, this speaks to kind of my personal journey, which I've talked about quite a bit here on an EP radio. But I, as you know have struggled. Uh, and I realize how odd this may sound to anyone outside the conversation, but ultimately in a conversation that you and I had about a year ago, I was struggling, uh, going through another significant transition, some vocationally and some just kind of like my own brand and who am I, why am I here? You know, the big questions like usual. (laughs) And I was struggling in that moment, called you up. We had a conversation and ultimately what you were unearthing in me is that I've had a hard time being human, <laughs> like being on this, you know, being a planetary being. And, and I've always felt so, so much more drawn to that kind of ethereal, uh, fourth dimension, whatever kind of world. And that's what's intrigued me. And in various times in my life, even with substance abuses, you know, I felt very at home in that altered state because it was, I don't know, it felt more like home for, for, for many reasons you and I have discussed. And through, you know, now even in, in meditation and so on and getting into an altered state that way, I, I feel more at home in that place. And all these things that I had kind of brewing up in me that were making me feel like, do I belong here? Maybe I don't belong here. Why is this so difficult? Why does everything feel like such a struggle and so on and so on? And then you came back with what has become a very profound statement in my life uh, and a very important investment in my psyche. And it is, you, you said, you've got to learn how to fall in love with being a human. And, and it just hit me. And it, I remember it hit me at the time. I, I think I, I got pretty choked up on the phone. And I, I remember exactly where I was sitting. I remember exact moment when, when you said that. And it has been a discussion with my wife and I now almost daily since a year ago when you made that investment in my life and you encouraged me to go out and live, uh, you know, more adventures and because that is innately who part of who I am and to, to bring more joy into my life, which is something I never gave a lot of credence before because as a humanitarian, I'm always, you know, 
kind of geared the other way. Like, how do I bring joy into other people's lives? And mm-hmm. I, I unfortunately, you know, went down the martyrdom path, I think, to get there many ways and in, in thinking that that was the way that I would bring more joy in. And you encouraged me to bring more joy into my own life such that I had more to share with others and that, that would radiate out from me. And at the time, it was not. So that was huge. It made such a big difference in my life. And, and it's, it's something that I carry with me to, to this day about falling in love with being a human. And, and honestly, it has a lot to do with me creating the show and, and, uh, and the ethos that I share through this show. So thank you very much. Well, thank you for sharing that. And you are so welcome. And thank you in return. You've opened my eyes to, to you're such a, a vision, such a vision and you help my vision. Uh, and see bigger. So, um, uh, right back at you. There's so much there that you just said that I want to touch on. And one is, I think so many people feel just like you of this, this planet not being home. So I think that really resonates with a lot of listeners actually, um, you know, very common in the spiritual community. Cause if you're spiritual, if you consider yourself spiritual, that means you kind of associate more with the spiritual world than this, this, this 3d yeah. earthly world. So I have a feeling your words, um, touched a lot of people. Well, I I think that part of it too is, you know, I'm always a a big advocate for uh, understanding, embracing, and and fostering a reverence for our interconnectedness. Obviously, there's nothing we can do to create more interconnectedness. It's it's all there (laughs) innately. But we can study it. We can become more comfortable with it. We can then let our lives be a reflection of that. And, and to have a, a deep reverence for that inter, interconnectedness. And I think that's ultimately what is, you know, that's part of our path to, to healing our world and to harmony and balance. But I think that I had stepped outside of that <laughs> a bit <laughs> in that understanding because, you know, because it's me instead of talking about other stuff and other people. We do that sometimes. And I was missing out or I think I was negating the, and, and this was coming, part of this was coming from you, but reminding me that I chose to come into this earthly existence at one point as part of this universal consciousness. And I made this choice to come here. And here I am saying, I don't want that. I don't feel comfortable <laughs> with that. And so, you know, so I was kind of missing out on the opportunity that has been afforded to me. And, and that, uh, that opportunity was to come here and to journey through life in a way that helps to bring me into alignment with nature and humanity and spirit and so on. Uh, but also that it's about experiencing authentic happiness and joy and bringing that into my life as well. And again, that was a big area. You know, I, I think at the time that I came to you a year ago, that was, I was struggling with the result of that neglect <laughs> and that choice. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it. And you kind of, mm-hmm. you opened my eyes up to that uh, and, 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 reminded me of some things uh, that are important to me and, and some things that I had sort of uh, removed myself from inadvertently. <laughs> well, you can see how, how space, home, whether it's home or office, and you just, our physical spaces, how important that is, uh, the, having intention around that for, for folks like yourself um, that are struggling or challenged with embodiment. Um, with embodiment in the 3D. And so our space is a way to anchor in into the 3D and, you know, using the principles of feng shui or, or any of the, you know, ancient sciences to where you are bridging that gap between heaven and earth. You're going to just, you're going to, it's going to be a better um, integration 
for you and for for, for anyone. Uh, you're just more conscious of your non your 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 uh, resistance to embodiment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Whereas yeah. A, a, yeah. Yeah, um, well, I think that it's the embodiment thing that I just kind of missed out on, and it, and it's something that you know I've never never cared much about the home or or that that kind of environment. I never cared much about food. Uh, it was always just like, yeah, it's just kind of a bother or whatever. And now I'm at a point in my life where I'm because of my studies and because of influence of people like you, I'm starting to realize like, yeah, hey, that's part of the deal. That that is kind of the deal. Like to use those elements. The 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 well, and we'll, and we'll get into the discussion about the elements too. But about how those elements are that kind of bridge between our spiritual selves and our planetary selves. And again, I, I just kind of ruled it as being unimportant in my life. And, and I, as you know, have suffered for that <laughs> since. Uh, but, but I think that's an important message. And I know, for instance, you just moved to Joshua Tree, right? Yes. And which is kind of a spiritual place. And I know that you have written a lot about the five elements. You have a couple of books about that, webinars and things like that. Talk to us about the elements. Yeah, so when I first started uh, practicing feng shui, I, you know, the five elements, which is kind of the, one of the main cornerstones of feng shui, feng shui comes out of Chinese medicine and Chinese medicine comes out of Taoism and Taoism is the cornerstone of Taoism is yin and yang. And five elements is basically just a subcategory of yin and yang energy. And this was all very cerebral in the way I'm kind of speaking of it right now. And I kind of, I understood it on an academic level, but there was a switch I had when I started to really understand the five elements, I think I was having some health challenges and was studying the five elements from a um, Chinese medicine perspective, which is basically acupuncture. That's what acupuncture is. It's then balancing the five elements within your body. And then realizing that we have um, the five elements are very present in our home. And it's the same. It's basically acupuncture for the home is, is, is feng shui in some ways. But what I've, began to really realize, and so I really delved into to the five elements and then wrote a book about it and decorating with the five elements of feng shui. And what, what my biggest takeaway as I was writing that book was just how important our built environment, any, any space, any architectural space that's built, our built environment is our bridge between us as humans and nature. And how well that, that structure connects us or disconnects us is how it's going to directly affect how we feel. So a poorly architecturally feng shui building is going to disconnect us from nature. A very well designed feng shui space is going to connect us with nature and we're going to feel better. And so it's really our built environment and it is, is our connector. Uh, you know, otherwise obviously we'd be, even a tent in the woods is a built environment to a certain degree. Um, and the nylon is you know, the only the bridge between, you know, us and nature, which is, you know, very thin compared to a, a big structure. Um, but that's why, you know, people go camping. It feels great to be with nature. And so when we, when we have our homes, it's, it's natural for us to want to feel, feel one with nature and yet have the comforts of modern, you know, air conditioning and, and so forth. And so that, in a kind of a nutshell, is kind of feng shui, of living in harmony with, with, uh, with uh, Mother Earth, with nature, um, however you want to say it. And so um, that's kind of 
one of the main cornerstones of feng shui and the five elements uh, which show up in every single way. They show up in the, in the terrain, um, in the rocks, the mountains, the water, um, the, the organs in our body, the table uh, in your in your uh, your desk, in your office, your microphone that you're speaking in. Everything is at is, is is at least one or more elements, and so they show up in every every way. And um, and they there's very easy ways of implementing these into your into your office with the plant and a rock and these things that we, you know, that we kind of tend toward anyway. Um, and so the closer we can live in harmony with nature, the better we're going to feel. Yeah. I think so many people, especially these days are out of alignment with nature and all at different levels, I think. And I have been always drawn to nature and very connected to nature and so on and so on. And recently I've been realizing other areas where I've been disconnected levels from nature and and trying to heal some of that and trying to create other habits and 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 just to be more deliberate about getting out into nature now i'm i'm out every day but even that it's like well why why not why not more you know it's it's nature it's not like we can get too much really and and i think that that you know one of the things that we talk about here on the on the show all the time is this that the purpose of this show I can list off all these different things, but ultimately it comes down to helping to foster more alignment with nature, humanity, and spirit. And it's those, and, and I've, I think that nature is one that doesn't get as much discussion. <laughs> we talk mm -hmm. about, oh, we need to be peaceful, you know, in terms of people, humanity, and we need to have a spiritual connection and so on. And then there's this other thing over on the side called nature. And, and I have realized that even I have done that over the years and in the past. And now at this point in my life, I'm recognizing the importance of nature. I think it's more apparent to me right now, too, because I have kids. And I'm thinking, yes. outside, get outside, get outside. <laughs> when there's a problem in the house, it, 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 the first thing that I think of is we got to get the kids outside. And so I will round up all three of them and pull them outside. It's just a game changer. Flips the script immediately. All of a sudden, all the craziness that, and the chaos that was going on tends to dissipate. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're, I think, as toddlers, and uh, Sarah just turned five yes, today, by the way. Yesterday, actually. Sorry. Um, they, they're looking around, and they're being hit with that awe of nature that I want to foster in myself as well. And I know that as adults, we tend to, you know, society kind of pushes us in a different direction sometimes. Um, and I think that it's more important now uh, as a way even of healing society and some of our social dynamics that are going on right now and politically and so on. I think nature and community are at the top of the list and they always have been. And we have to keep that conversation going. Yeah. Well, what, what's so cool about using the five elements is you can kind of fine tune nature in a way. And so let me give you an example. So I know listeners can't see, uh, see you on the screen. Like I can see you, but, um, behind Jared is a backdrop <laughs> of the ocean yes. <laughs> and he's also wearing a black shirt. Both of those are obviously, or the, the, obviously the ocean is a water element, but the black, black is a water element, the color for water element. And a lot of, um, people who are dominant in the water element will wear a lot of black. And that's where you're the philosopher. That's, you know, you're a very deep introspect, introspective guy. So water elements are what feels good with you. You also have um, fire as you're probably uh, either tied or for your second dominant element. 
which those two actually bounce each other out really nice. Um, fire might be your dominant. That's your, that's the passion, the fire, the, that, you know, that warrior energy in you. And then the water helps balance you out and calm you. Um, but here's where things get interesting, you know, because of, you know, you needing to kind of anchor a little bit more into, uh, mother, mother earth, um, the actual earth element would be, would be good for you to bring in. Um, and so the earth element would be like clay, pottery, um, kind of think of the Southwest United States, uh, items like that. And so these simple ways, I mean, you're, you're already doing it without even trying by having the ocean scene behind you and doing your best by to bring nature inside the house on, on you know, um, cause unfortunately we can't always go outside and to let the kids, you know, yeah. <laughs> decompress and, and, and ourselves for that matter. So you're already kind of doing, incorporating the five elements, uh, intuitively. Good. <laughs> In front of me, I have a whole suite of rocks and feathers and crystals and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. sage and all kinds <laughs> of other things around. Uh, yeah. I should, I should probably get a good rundown from you of, of what I should actually have in here. Everything I've gotten has just been kind of like, well, it felt like it should go here, but, um, I, I actually used to have this backdrop by the way, in my room. And then our, our mutual friend Lindsley stopped by and said, Oh no, no, no. <laughs> um, I had my office in our room and then she made me move everything out. And so, but all of that though, like since that stuff has happened, which is largely from your teaching, I've seen a direct positive result from that. Um, and the feeling and the, 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 the momentum of things and it, with my career and with the podcast and things like that. Even just since I've been out in this office space and, and done the things that I was instructed to do from my wife and Lindsley, <laughs> both of which are using your knowledge. <laughs> yes, both students. <laughs> both students. I mean, I've seen direct results of it in full transparency. I just landed the biggest contract today I've ever landed in my life as a solo artist. <laughs> um, and, and, and a brand, brand project. Yeah, and, I, and I'm excited about it. And that's there, there's just been so much stuff that's come from it's the stuff that we want in life. Yes. It's out there. As we know, we live in an abundant world and we, we have, you know, infinite realities to choose from. And I don't know necessarily create, but to choose from they're there. Like we could choose all these paths. And I think that for me, it was this kind of like, I'm looking out there saying, okay, I've got to somehow connect with that. Yet I negated all the elements in my <laughs> my fingertips to take me there, and that's and which is what you're getting to now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I always say, if you're not conscious of your space, what are you conscious of? There's only a few things in this world that we have control over: our mind, our body, and our home. Maybe your car, maybe a office outside your home, but that's it. And if you are not conscious of your home, then you are not conscious of anything external of your house. It all starts at home and trickles out from there. So really my work with feng shui is really just helping people to become conscious. And when people's energy is scattered outside in the world and yet they're completely ignoring their home, it's a red flag and not that I think your house should be clean and neat. That's not the point. The point is if you're ignoring home, then there's major blind spots that you're ignoring outside the home hmm. and in the world and one's work or whatever that means to, to, to each person. But, um, our home is simply second skin. It's a, it's our second layer of our body. And, um, 
you know, you, you can't get away with ignoring your home and being, being successful for, for, a, for a longevity amount of time. Yeah, it's something I never even considered. And, and now I'm seeing the results of exactly what you're saying. Obviously, we're reading your books and, 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 taking, and learning from you. And I'm seeing direct results in terms of benefits in our relationship. Uh, and, and, and even our relationship, not only as husband and wife, but with our kids. And that dynamic and with the community. By the way, I should probably preface this with we, our home is an 11. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> 21, 2144. And when it came up, it was at a time when I was like, uh, we were having a difficult time getting a house and all that because I've been out of the country for 12 years. I have zero renters history. <laughs> I was like, well, I can show income, but I have no history of rentals. Uh, so it was red flags, you know, for everybody. Uh, this one came up through a friend of a friend, blah, blah, blah. They called and said, hey, here's the place, blah, blah, blah. And I said, what's the address? <laughs> first first question yes. I had. Uh, and they said 2144. And I was like, uh, we'll be there tomorrow to check it out. <laughs> and we came here, we arrived in the driveway and had a talk with the, with the owner, walked through the house. Ilea said, it feels right. Uh, I felt the same. And we got the house and we were in the next day. Awesome. <laughs> Just like that. So let me um, give some context for listeners. So 11, so you, you find the numerology of your space by adding the numbers of your address. So if it's one, two, three mainstream, you would add one plus two plus three. That's a six. You keep adding it till it comes to a single digit except for the number 11 or 22. 11 is the most special number of spaces that I've ever come, come across. They don't turn, off, turn over very often. Um, and they, so it's an 11 space. It's also a two space. So you'd still add one plus one and get to two, which means it's good for partnerships. Um, but 11 space, it means um, it relates to uh, psychic abilities, um, kind of a, a portal type energy. Uh, so very good for, for connecting with intuition and very spiritual. So, so yes, so each, each number of the, uh, one through nine, um, and then 11 and 22 each have a, their own energy. Um, they each have advantages and each have some disadvantages as well. So, or, or not disadvantages, but challenges. Challenges. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, and, and, and incidentally, since we've been here uh, starting about the a month after we moved in here. I began working with a friend, uh, I, I didn't even know, I mean, it was a stranger <laughs> to some degree, but uh, a, a colleague, and we became friends, we did a couple projects together, long story short, we just joined to create a new creative agency for my brand world and his web development team and, and so on, and we merged both of our companies together and now have a company with, what do we have, like 15 employees now, and uh, in a full-scale agency with a new business partner. So that partnership thing (laughs) has really come into fruition. My, my wife and I are in a healthier place and and we're in a, um, we've gone through so much growth since we've been in this house, just like one thing after another in terms of finance and career and purpose and uh, just family dynamics in general, things have gotten Man, it, we we had a bit of a tough time, you know, when we were transitioning from uh, at the time from Costa Rica to the states, mm-hmm. and uh, now here we are. After we've been in this house since November, it's June now, so we've been here for a minute. But it's the stuff that has happened over the last, you know, whatever six eight months has been amazing. 
and it, and it has so much of it is in line with what you just talked about in terms of partnerships, relationships, and things like that. But also the the intuitive side of things. My my podcast, by the way, started here. <laughs> um, yes. The other dynamics, including the kind of transformation I'm going through right now and rebranding my self, you know, my, my own brand and kind of reevaluating that and doubling down kind of on who I want to be. And there was a few things I think I was apprehensive to do before. And now I'm feeling more inspired to move forward with that. So we've experienced the energy of this number 11 house and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and then consequently now, again, everywhere we go, we're also kind of experiencing that energy in other people's homes or when we go there and we're talking about that and, oh, well, so-and-so lives in this kind of house. I can totally see that because of this, 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 like we're doing the math now. And it just, uh, again, it's just a beautiful, beautiful element of nature that so many people have no idea even exists. Yes, yes, I know. All these principles are floating around and, and they're, <laughs> they're, they're constantly applying themselves whether we're aware of it or not. <laughs> Indeed. I want to I want to uh, touch back on something that I said and that you uh, said as well. This is a caveat to what I was saying a, a little bit ago about um, being conscious of your space and the importance of all that. So many people right now are in transition, and I know you, you, you like you just said, you had a huge transition from Costa Rica to the states. Um, and when you're in transition, is the one time where you kind of get off the hook a little bit when it comes to. Hmm feng shui and consciousness of, of, of your home. Uh, when you're in transition, i.e. like in trans, transitional spaces for a few months, even when you're traveling, that's the, that, like I said, that's the one time because everything's up and it's a time of rediscovering who you are, um, figuring out who you are. That's what transitional times in our life are. And so um, for folks who are in a transitional time, in a transitional space, um, give yourself a break <laughs> uh, with regards to your space. And I know you can relate to this because you guys, you know, in that transition time. And, then, and, and on the other side of that, if you let yourself go through that transition and, and ask the questions of why am I here, who am I, <laughs> what am I doing, uh, you'll get on the other side to where you are and then you can really start to ground in to, to a space that that's more on that permanent, permanent side and, and really get your feng shui in line then. So it's so interesting that you say that too, because in a few of the places when we were, uh, making the transition back, we stayed, you know, my parents have a guest house on their property. So it's easy for us to just kind of come in and stay for a month or something when we're coming into the, uh, in or out of the country from Africa or Costa Rica or whatever over the last 12 years. So when we came out of Africa to visit back here, we stayed there for a little bit. When we came back from Costa Rica, we stayed there for a little bit. I think it was just a couple months, like two, three months, something like that. Then some other friends of the family had this amazing house out in the woods, out near Natchez Trace Parkway and, and so on here in Nashville, and beautiful place. And they said, hey, we're gone for six months. If you guys want to check out our place and, and whatever, you're welcome to do that. So we did that. Out in nature, beautiful place. Then it was the, the, the Ritchie Farm, another mutual friend of ours here. Um, and we were out there for three months. And that's a place that's very spiritual to me. Uh, my wife and I actually got married there. 
Uh, oh, I didn't that was, know that. That was our secret. Little, not many people do. Now, lots of people do. But <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we got married there uh, at a little, little private ceremony, just, uh, just us and my sister and her husband and the pastor. And then we... Um, Anyway, so these beautiful places, but in our transition period, there was a constant conversation about this place doesn't maybe fit right and, you know, it doesn't feel right and the feng shui is off, whatever. And we had that little uh, spur under our saddle, if you will. And what it did is every step of the way, it drove us outside into nature. (laughs) So, so like we had, we wanted this connection with our space around us, with our environment around us, the physicalness of that. And in the, in the instances where we didn't feel it in the actual home, we were drawn outside. Anyway, during that period of time for that, what ended up being like eight months or so, I think in the end, uh, we were outside all the time. And it was just like out in nature, going and hiking so much more than what we had done before, even in Costa Rica where we hiked a lot. Um, and we, we were drawn to that. And I think we didn't know what was happening there, but we felt a little bit out of sorts with our transitional space. So we went to the, to the source and we went out in the woods and, and connected with nature out there to find, I think, a, that feeling of a little bit of balance. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, with the Airbnb world <laughs> that we're now living in, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, renting people's private spaces or even staying with family or friends. Um, the feng shui of these spaces, even for like you're there somewhere for a week can very much affect, affect you. And so even though I just said you're off the hook contemporary spaces, you're kind of not, I mean, like, I don't know about you, but I've, I've been in some, um, some rental spaces that didn't feel comfortable for various reasons. And, It did, yeah. It does force you to not be there. <laughs> it forces you to to explore the the city that you're in. But I I, I rented a temporary space back in Nashville in 2016 um, when I went back for family reasons, and the the feng shui gods really tested me because uh, the space that I rented uh, had well, there's a there's a huge feng shui rule that I attest by. I don't attest by all feng shui rules, but I attest by this one. You never want a mirror across from your bed. Okay. Mm. Said to bring in third parties, whether it's another person, work, whatever. Entities could be anything. And so I rent the space. It was perfect, except for in the bedroom, there were three mirrors, two directly facing the bed, one on the side three mirrors in the small bedroom. And I was like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm just here for a couple months. I'm here for family. You know, my, my relationship life or the lack thereof is insignificant right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I learned my lesson. Um, it's was it's several relationships popped up out of nowhere and, um, that were just uncomfortable. <laughs> and, so one by one, I like took down the mirror. One was actually installed on a on a door, so I couldn't remove it. So I took a, put a, sh- a cloth over it. And anyway, one by one, those mirrors came down. And finally, by the time my rental period was was done, <laughs> I exhausted <laughs> several karmic relationships during that time. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so I don't I don't test the feng shui rules anymore, even in temporary situations. Yeah, fair enough. I, well, I'm learning that too now, and and understanding that. 
before I just kind of looked at these things and thought, yeah, I mean, I get it. That's a cool idea or whatever, but it doesn't really have that big of an impact. And I've been proven wrong as well <laughs> over and over and over again. And now, now I give it a lot of reverence. And, yes. and, and when someone comes into my home, you or my, my wife or Lindsay or whoever <laughs> comes in and says, Hey, this is what's going on here from a feng shui standpoint. I'm like, all right, man, I'll, I'll listen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Tell me what I need to move or change on the wall and I'll do it. <laughs> Well, and, and the interesting thing with that too is that I talk so much from a, you know, in my, in my vocation as a, as a brand architect, I talk about environment, the space around you. And, you know, and I've done some uh, in interior design stuff as well. And I know you're formally educated in that realm. I've always done it from the perspective of, hey, this is the environment around you. This environment influences you and your energy and how you feel and, 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 even your perspective towards the day, you know, it, it has an impact. And, you know, and I, I look at all kinds of things as environments, even if it's a package, you know, on a product, it's an environment around it. It influences yes. the way we're going to receive that product. So that discussion, once I started hearing it from you and, and the other uh, people in my life, it made sense. Like I had a pretty welcoming, I had a welcome mat out for that discussion, I guess. I just didn't know what the discussion was. So I do have a reverence for the power of influence from the environment around us, whether it be people or the, the physical nature of a home now, or the, uh, or just nature in and of itself. And obviously being primarily just a positive influence from that perspective. And I know that every time I'm struggling, getting out into nature just balances me out. It brings me back into the perspective that I want to have and mm -hmm. to, uh, and, and I feel it energetically inside me. Um, so the things that you're teaching and that I'm, you know, uh, sort of a, a beginner and or novice or whatever at learning now, when I do hear it, it does, it resonates so much. It's not a difficult thing for me to take what you're saying and implement it immediately um, because it does resonate so much with what feels to be right about this planetary-ness of living here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's similar to like the principles of design, which a lot of principles of design mm -hmm. open with feng shui. It's like whether you're looking through a camera lens, whether you're designing a website, whether you're painting a picture these elements or principles of design are the same, but, you know, repetition and, you know, symmetry and all those principles. And so you can see that on every level in the same with, with, with as aspects of feng shui and, um, with the five elements and any, with well, anything in life, you can see on, on the same, same thing in any format. Yeah, I agree. It translates out into all kinds of other aspects. You and I have talked a couple of times about land, or I, I think when most people talk about feng shui, they think about the house, <laughs> they think yes. about the home, right? But there's a feng shui element to the land that I found uh, very intriguing from, from you. And I think the impetus may have been a discussion that you and I had about Nashville because of the, some of the land dynamics here, and, yes. and, and some of which relates back then to the American Indian culture. And, and, and that is important to me, obviously, for, for a lot of reasons, personally, but also that's part of what we talk about here on the show. It's, we're, we're here to, to discuss some of that indigenous wisdom and to discuss how we can overlay that understanding and that wisdom into today's world to bring us closer to peace and harmony as, as, a, as a society. Um, talk to us a, a little bit about feng shui as it pertains to land specifically, as opposed to the home or whatever, and then, and then we'll get into some of the indigenous stuff as well. 
Definitely. So feng shui starts with the land. And in fact, the origins of feng shui started with the land. The feng shui actually translates to wind, water, and because of how the wind and water shape the land. And so it was originally used to locate um, burial sites for royalty. That was its original use. And then later for locating auspicious sites for, for their palaces. Uh, and so it was, it was for, uh, the history of feng shui is a little uh, blurry because it was um, only passed down through uh, written word and never written down, or through uh, orally and not written down. But the land, um, it's actually more in our modern era that it's actually come inside the home. So I teach my students, we always start with the land. And it's, it's actually quite scientific. When we talk about the land, we're talking about electromagnetic energies that uh, rise up from the earth. You know, the sun beams its energy to the earth and then the earth reflects it back and we have the whole greenhouse and all that stuff. But it's that energy coming back up from the land and how it projects back up is determined by you know, mountains, valleys, water, water lines underneath the earth, um, you know, various things like that. And so there's some, some uh, land that's very, very auspicious to place a house on, and there's others that are not. And bad feng shui, usually, or what we think of as bad feng shui, which that could be anything, it could be clutter, uh, it could be just really anything, um, but it all starts with the land. So oftentimes when I have a client who's having some kind of major problem in their home, uh, it's which could be anything from a room just not feeling good to a room collecting clutter to um, an area where it feels like there's some paranormal activity um, or just doesn't feel right for some reason. There's always going to be physical physical evidence in the 3D of, of something, whether it's clutter or the uh, floor plan, uh, could be what I call floor plan flaw, where it traps energy, or how they've aligned the furniture could be out of whack. Usually it's a combination of in all of those because bad energy attracts more bad energy or stagnant energy attracts more stagnant energy. But that all starts in the land. So probably somewhere under the house in that area where all these problems are originating is maybe an underground water thing, a water line, or, um, but what I, what happens a lot is what you were alluding to is, um, cultural history. And if there's been atrocities on the land, uh, I've had a lot of problem homes in the Memphis area, places where there's, um, been, you know, slavery was where that was a real huge issue. Um, and, uh, there was neighborhoods, you know, neighborhoods where you see, see like a lot of foreclosures, uh, more so than the average is indicative of kind of uh, something going on at the land, usually um, from a historical perspective. Um, so energy, energy is in the land from, from the own, with, from the earth's energy and from our human energy over time. You know, I did the two-year study of the Tao Te Ching. I mean, ultimately, I, I kind of look at that as uh, the, the blueprint, like here's how to live, <laughs> here's how to thrive right here in these 81 verses. And I think that that is uh, – so, so with this show, I think on, on the very first uh, episode that I did, the intro episode, I talked about the primary influences of my ethos that I would be then sharing on this show. And it is rooted in Taoism and in the Lakota ways and beliefs, which are 
very congruent with that. And even the teachings and principles of Jesus of Nazareth, not necessarily even the Christ or the Christian version of Jesus, but Jesus of Nazareth, the man that walked very similar to Lao Tzu and to Crazy Horse and a lot of these other guys that, you know, and, and, the, and the congruence there is really beautiful. And it's all those cultures, and there's, there's other ones, even the example of like St. Francis and so on, and the way they lived in peace and harmony with nature. And Francis was talk to the birds and deer and everything else. And, and I, you know, and people look at that and they're like, Oh, that's, that's crazy, weird folklore or whatever. And I'm like, that's not supernatural. Maybe it is supernatural and that it is super as in very natural. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> how it's supposed to be. Um, and I, anyway, so that's always resonated, but it's just been recently and maybe, you know, some about this, um, but that, that I've learned of some of the interaction of the Chinese culture and the uh, American Indian culture back in the day, I think it was pre-Columbus and so on, and there was a bit of integration of the Tao and the American Indian uh, philosophies, I guess, that kind of co-mingled a bit, and who knows what transpired there and what what went back and forth. Um, But it's interesting now for me to hear that now, recently, having spent most of my life with those two principles walking hand in hand, the Tao and and the the Lakota ways, and and looking at that uh, and just thinking, oh, here's two separate things that that seem to be very similar, but now realizing there may have been some ties further back that I didn't even know about. The congruence between the two philosophies are is profound. I mean, it, it is essentially the same philosophy from different cultures, and I've you know I've studied the samurai too, and in, in more of the Japanese culture that. Uh, I feel was very, very in line with the ways of the Lakota and very uh, in line with the Tao, obviously. Um, they were in balance with harmony and with each other, and, and they, everything was very intentional and beautiful. I love the culture. Anyway, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if I asked a question there, but you want to speak to that? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. You know, I, th- I wonder if it's kind of like a hundredth monkey syndrome kind of thing where, you know, these, these, the collective consciousness taps into the same thing from different places across the world at the same time. Um, and, uh, it's probably a bit about that as far as feng shui goes, it did originate in China and then the Tibet, Tibetan version came, came on, which is more in line with what I study. But meanwhile, the Native Americans kind of, kind of, uh, are the, the masters of the space clearing aspects of feng shui which is clearing energy, you know, using sage, sage bundles and all the, and the herbs and things like that. So, and space clearing has kind of become like a subcategory of feng shui, so to speak. But really, it's the Native Americans were, you know, kind of hold the, hold the crown with that. And now, of course, the Balinese have the Balinese bells for clearing and all that. So they would probably argue, argue me. Um, so I think it's kind of a hundredth monkey situation of uh, everyone kind of getting these, these lightning, light, uh, light bulbs coming on at the same time thousands and thousands of years ago but you know like like you i you know i will study any any ancient philosophy you know and i love to to find connect the dots with them and you know i, I kind of incorporate all things into my own practice I, I was a yoga instructor for a long time so i had the the hindu influence um and then now the chinese medicine with that's it's part of feng shui um, I love the Native American ways for space clearing. Uh, so yeah, it's same with religions, you know, with Buddhism and, and, and Hinduism. And I like to, you know, pick and pick what I like and, and kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah, form my own, uh, 
practice around around it. Same with the, the thought leaders of today as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think I, I pick what resonates and, and what feels right and, and put that all together. And, and uh, that becomes part of my practice and, and beliefs as well. I, I'm reading a book right now called the, the Spirit of Healing, and it's by Louis Mel Madrona. And um, he teaches on from the from the Lakota perspective, and he grew up kind of around the reservation and so on. He talks a lot about the difference between the native uh, perspective on healing versus curing when it comes to mm-hmm. health and so on. And, and also then works his way back into the discussion of um, uh, Cherokee body work and how that kind of uh, how, to, how that blends in with the uh, with Reiki and, and, and so on. And I've all I, I, that's another area that I'm diving into now to kind of see were there actual uh, you know interactions face to face that that caused some of that um, similarity between Reiki and, and the, the Cherokee body work and so on. Or was it like what you're talking about with the 100 Monkey scenario, where it's just kind of this collective consciousness scenario? And it matters not. I'm just curious. Like, it's it's interesting. (laughs) And I think either one truth that may come out of that is just as interesting as the other. (laughs) So, like, I don't have an agenda there, just other than just exploring. And and, uh, and I don't know. I love the... Uh, that all these things that I've been drawn to over the years, I'm now starting to find links and ties and things and, and this congruence and all of them uh, that's kind of culminating into, you know, what ultimately becomes my ethos, I guess, personally. Uh, and then, you know, I'm sharing that here. And I, the, the stories and the relationships and things that have come out of that, out of these different studies, uh, seemed separate before and now they're kind of all coming together in one room <laughs> and it feels really cool to experience that mm-hmm. you know i'm really I'm, just as we're talking i'm thinking about you know i'm thinking about the reiki master and the and the um the native american master or the cherokee master and then having a conversation and then like the south seas or something and <laughs> and you know i think the telepathic conversation is just as powerful yeah and because you know this is what happens I know this happens with you amongst you and me or, you know, our friends. It's like you have the same idea at the same time and like, oh, my gosh, I was just thinking the same thing or I was just reading the same book. Like these synchronicities and how, I mean, it's obviously what I'm talking about is the oneness of everything and how we're all tapped into the same collective mind. And so these physical conversations um, or telepathic conversations are really the same thing. Absolutely. Well, I, we've talked quite a bit about uh, ethos inadvertently here. <laughs> it keeps coming up, the word ethos, and how these things have, you know, our studies, you know, and influences, and the influence even from a feng shui standpoint, or, uh, that all of these things influence who we are and the, what we believe in our, in our ethos. 
And I'm, you know, I have a podcast where I'm sharing my ethos. You also have a podcast, which we'll talk about in a minute, that is where you're sharing your ethos as well. If you were to encapsulate that ethos into a discussion, how would you say that? Mm. What is it that, that drives you? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's hard to even put in words of, of what drives me. It's a, it's annoying that I can't ignore to help the planet ascend. And that's so it's such a lofty, very lofty words. I want people to be happy, like from a soul level. And I can't rest uh, being on this planet if there's anything I can help in doing that. And it just so happens that my talents and skills lie with space and helping people use that as the context or the conduit for that. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of words around awakening these days or people waking up, the planet waking up, consciousness, and all these words are very applicable. And what that means really to me is people waking up to, um, or seeing their, I think we can't wake up until we know our blind spots, our shadows. And, uh, my next book coming out in next February is, uh, all about clutter, which I know sounds like a very kind of a, like a very three dimensional kind of in my, actually my viewpoint, kind of a boring topic, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's actually all about revealing our shadows. Um, and, uh, and it's, they're lurking because we can't see what we can't see. And it's these shadow sides that are actually, I don't care how spiritual one is. We still have these shadow sides that, that we're not aware of. And the beautiful thing about working in the three dimensional space is actually, you can actually tangibly see things and, and, and pick them, pick them up and, and be like, Oh, I still have this glass that my ex gave me huh, maybe there's something here that I need to release. <laughs> maybe there's still something here that I haven't resolved. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's still some resentment here or some some hope still left or whatever the case is. And so helping people see their shadows through their stuff so that they can have more awareness. And of course, more awareness is just more light, uh, light bulbs <laughs> clicking on within our, um, within our subconscious. And to me, that's, that's the best way I know right now to help people. Excellent. What do you, has there been any, I'm sure there have been a series, but can, maybe pick one, uh, kind of a, a moment or a, a, an inspiration or something that happened along the way that really kind of solidified your walk in this journey of do, of carrying out what you just talked about of like, hey, this is who I am and I'm going for it. I never, I never wanted to practice feng shui. <laughs> it wouldn't leave me alone, though. And you practice was, law, right? Yes. Yeah, that's, um, that's a, I, quite a departure. <laughs> yes. I didn't want to practice law either, for sure. I knew that for sure. It sounds like I didn't want to practice anything. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. I just want to read and study books like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, no, but I, I uh, was a practicing attorney for, for a long time and worked for many years to not be. Uh, I got an interior design degree and then got uh, certified in yoga. And then I started a healing practice uh, working in, in, in the body uh, with the chakras. And then um, then feng shui found me. It found me through a house that I purchased that needed a major renovation. And through that process, um, I uh, started to understand 
the interconnection with ourself and our home and our energy body in the, in the home's energy body and seeing just how connected they are. And, uh, and then before, at that point, I didn't even, I'd, I'd heard of feng shui. I kind of knew what it was just about as much as anyone else. Um, and it really became, became more of a formal language to put around what I was discovering um, on my own. And then I started to study it formally. But even then, it was more, it would not leave me alone. It's like I, I had this, I love doing energy work. I still do energy work. Um, but people kept asking about the feng shui. They would just, everywhere I turn, people asked about the feng shui. And, and then I got my first book deal. It kind of fell on my lap. My first book is called Feng Shui Your Life. And it kind of came out of nowhere. And so fi- finally after that, I was like, okay, I guess I need to take this serious. Like I, like, <laughs> and then about that time, I also learned a lot about astrology and my astrology chart just has it all over. It's like, I could not escape working in the home. It's just, it would just been, <laughs> it would have been going upstream big time. So I have, uh, accepted my, my work and, uh, now I'm very, very, uh, happy and, and actually love it. So Excellent. Yeah, I, I think people that are that are uh, kind of wired like we are, I think often our vocation or or whatever it is, uh, our focus just comes to us and, and says, here I am. And if you don't pay attention, <laughs> you're going to regret it. You said feng shui found you. And I, and I, and I had a bit of a chuckle because I'm like, yeah, in the brand world where I create environments around a service or product and where I create the human connection aspect and the storytelling. I mean, how could I have avoided that? It's so who I am. Uh, and I, and I, I love that it is reflected then in my vocation as well. Um, and that I, you know, and it certainly had a, a bit of a tumultuous journey to get to that stage, but ultimately then uh, even that tumultuous journey created characteristic. I learned skills along the way that now I can implement over here and where I do fit in a bit better and, and where I where I feel more kind of in my flow when I'm building a brand or when I'm sitting here on the mic having a podcast with someone great like you. So I get in that flow state because it does resonate so much with who I think I was specifically designed to be, and which is an ongoing journey, obviously, to figure out who that is. <laughs> I do enjoy the process. Yeah. I found, you know, synchronicities to be so so vital more and more and more and more. And that was, that's actually, I did leave that part out of the story. There was some synchronistic, um, occurrences that kind of led me, uh, led me in a direction. It was when I was practicing law and I was really unhappy doing that. And I started to have a series of dreams at night of these, these, uh, spaces that were just out of this world, like these designs, interior designs that were just, unlike anything I'd ever seen in magazines or anything. And I, I would, would have them periodically for, for a couple of months. And I'd hit a really low point um, of figuring out who I am, why I was married to the person I was married to, and since another, another existential questions. And I was at a, at a bar one night, and this, this kid had turned 21, and, and um, he, he randomly said, I was kind of complaining about my life, and he said, well, what do you dream about at night? And I said, well, these interior design spaces. He goes, well, that's what you need to do. He says, I dream about flying. I'm going to be a pilot. And there was something about the simplicity of, of a 21-year-old's words. Um, and that next week, I, I, I uh, found the Watkins um, interior design program at night oh, yeah. and, and registered uh, for the fall semester. And um, that, that led me uh, toward the road that I am on now. 
<laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, the synchronicity is so vital. I mean, I, I know that I've had so many stories about synchronicity in my life where things just keep lined up like that. I recently just, or yesterday, just received a book in the mail from a guy that I had a conversation with him on a plane going from here to, I think it was, in, I was back from Africa for, just for a visit, going from here to Houston where Ilya's uh, father is. And I think I was meeting him there. I was on the plane by myself me being me, I just started talking to a stranger on the plane, you know, and we had this conversation and long story short, that was like six years ago or something. And he just wrote a book and credited me in the book and said that story that, that I was going there for a job interview. And you asked me on the plane if I loved what I, the thing that I was going there to be in the interview for that kind of job or whatever. And I said, no. And I said, well, why are you doing it? Anyway, I had the, I was a synchronistic element in this guy's life that then led him to a whole other path. Now he's written a book and he's doing all that. Anyway, it's just interesting. And I got that in the mail yesterday. I was just flabbergasted wow. because I have so many stories where other people have done that to me. It was nice to, nice to be on the other side too, but that synchronicity, it happens. It's all around us. It is abundant. And most of the time we're not paying attention. And I think that when we start to pay attention, it's just like, <laughs> I, I talk a lot about, about infusing awe into our lives. And I think a lot of people equate that with like going to the Grand Canyon or skydiving or <laughs> going to space or something. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, those are great things also. But there is an awe on another level too that maybe on the same level, just different in these kind of things, in the, noticing the synchronicity of life. And that I look at, and, and, and I can find a hundred examples all day long that I'm just like, oh man, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think tapping into the awe of, of the everyday synchronicity is, is, is a beautiful thing that so many people tend to miss out on. Yeah, I'm learning a new language of synchronicity that I, I'm not, I'm still in the very early stages and that's, it's, it's a very different language of synchronicity in Joshua Tree than it was in LA. In LA, my, my, um, my language is around numerology, uh, car license plates, um, meeting at uh, synchronistic events of meeting um, people in restaurants and cafes. Now being out in Joshua Tree, I'm having to learn a new language with nature and then the synchronicities with, with um, messages from the animals, more, more shamanistic type of um, communing and, and uh, or, um, communicating, I mean. So, so yeah, I'm learning a new language of synchronicity. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I realize this is a bit interesting to do this, but here's the deal. The other day I was out running and I had not been, I, I, I'm usually a runner, but I've been in the United States in Nashville during the winter time. And my, my, run to, my running was a bit curtailed because um, I'm, I'm not a cold weather guy. Anyway, now it's 85, 90 degrees out and I love to go running. So I went running the other day and, and it was kind of a, um, it's a bit of a spiritual experience for me anyway, because I'm so at home running outside in the heat. And it was, uh, and it, this was my first run of the year. And I went out, I, I've been doing other stuff, but I went out as I was running three times. I noticed a mailbox that just popped out to me, which as you know, usually has a house number on it. And thanks to you, <laughs> I can't see a house number without crunching the numbers. <laughs> um, so every single house, I don't remember the exact numbers, but every single house came to a seven. Oh, wow. So I have a basic understanding of what that means, but what, what, would, you, what would be your interpretation of that? 
Yeah. So yeah, numbers is my go-to for, uh, for synchronicities or, or messages. I have a whole messaging, my own messaging system around numbers. When I see a series of sevens, it's, uh, it's mean you're on the precipice of a, of a acceleration, like going up or up leveling can do up leveling. Yeah. And today uh, I landed the biggest contract I've ever gotten. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Well, that, I mean, that, that's the kind of, uh, that's the kind of thing that like, if I just went through my day and I didn't say anything about that, if I hadn't just said that just now and you said, okay, this is what this is about. Like I miss out on that little element of awe in my day that now I have as a le- yes. another little gem. Uh, and I think that that's why I'm so, um, that's why I'm so adamant about what the Lakota call the red road, you know, the self-actualization journey and, and, and so on. And it's that, that journey towards constantly or that journey that consists of constantly infusing more of the information that resonates not just for learning information but this res this information that comes at us and and instead of saying okay that's not what i need or this or this but like opening it up and being or i think just being open to it and being aware being open letting it come in seeing if it resonates and if it does give it a hug, you know, <laughs> and, and, and dance with it a bit like this, like feng shui came into my life and, and I've been waltzing with it ever since. <laughs> and, uh, and it's been this beautiful thing. It's this other language, this other lens of looking at the world. And yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm grateful to people like yourself that are bringing that information to us, to people that, that have not necessarily been exposed to that discussion or that, that, uh, that little source of awe in the world. You know, it's those, it's those little things that those little bursts of awe, those moments of the seven, 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 it, it really it kind of makes life fun. I mean, like it's part yeah. of it. Like, you know, it's like, okay, just being here is kind of fun, actually. And it's like a way of like, okay, even in my, you know, my tennis shoes and this like lugging my this dense body down a dense street, <laughs> I can find <laughs> <the> spirituality <laughs> in like, in this like, just this simple moment. And so I think it's those little things that uh, in fact when you were just talking just when you're talking about the the awe i uh, looked at my clock it's 111 and that gave me chill bumps it's like oh it's like those moments like that is what's it's really what life is is about in a lot of ways well i i agree and i think it's one of those things that i've had people specific people in my life a few of which you know personally um that have always kind of pointed out these little supernatural, as we say, uh, characteristics about life and little things that most people just don't give any credit. Uh, they don't, they just think, Oh, that's a, that's a coincidence or something, which is actually a word that we've bastardized as well, because the actual term coincidence means kind of like this perfect happening, not just like some random thing. Right. But, right. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I've, I've, gr- I've grown, you know, and even that is a synchronistic kind of thing. I've had people in my life constantly that remind me to tap into that. You're one yeah. of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've, uh, I think we're coming to the end here. I could go on and on and on, but there's a couple of things I want to uh, wrap up here uh, before, we, before we conclude. One is, uh, well, talk to, talk to us a little bit, just real quick, and you, you spoke to this earlier, but you have this new uh, clutter intervention how your stuff is keeping you stuck. You have that new book coming out. When's it come out? It comes out February 2018, which is a far off, and yet it's going to be here before we know it. I'm going to oh, yeah. be launching oh, yeah. some clutter intervention programs 
probably uh, late fall, winter to kind of um, for some pre-promotion stuff. So uh, that will be that will be out. Uh, the, the next thing I have coming up is a webinar. You can find out information on my website at earthhome.tv. Uh, it's a webinar on feng shui, uh, or excuse me, the five elements in everyday living and just seeing seeing how the five elements show up in everyday life and how to use these energies to to your benefit from your clothing to, um, to daily activities and ha- how to use these elements um, to help fine-tune your energy, optimize your energy, and so forth. So that is on my website. And I have a certification course coming up uh, September. I have a certification courses uh, periodically uh, um, all year, uh, mainly online. My next one is the end of September. So check that out for sure. Everything is at earthhome.tv. Excellent. I will be in the five elements for everyday living webinar <laughs> as an attendee <laughs> for sure. I'm sure Alia and I will both be on that call. Uh, that'd be excellent. Hey, tell us one little piece of advice that you'd want to impart to the audience before we, before we cut out of here. One piece of advice. Mm, space matters. <laughs> space matters. Excellent. Uh, more so than uh, most people realize. So, um, and it doesn't take, much to uh, you know to to make some quick changes so yeah and i i think that that influence you know if you see a a jackson pollock painting hanging up in the kindergarten room you don't think much of it right <laughs> but when it's <laughs> when it's sitting in you know a museum of modern art then david geffen buys one for tens of millions of dollars and it, because it's it's perceived differently in that space you know um and and i think that space I, I agree with you. Environment, the space around you, it, it makes so much of a difference. Thank you, Tisha, for oh, for your sure. for your wisdom uh, and, and certainly the impact that you've made on my life and, and many others. It's been an absolute honor to have you on the show. It's an honor to be on your show. I I, I just I love you. I love your vision and I love your work. So keep Thank going. You. Thanks so much. Hey, let's consider this an intro. There are a lot of things I'd like to deep dive with you on in the show uh, in the future as well. And and would love to have you back as a guest again. Absolutely. I would love that. Thank you. All right. Well, NEP audience, thank you so much. If you appreciate the NEP ethos, I hope you'll share it. Uh, Go on to iTunes, listen and rate it. And uh, that helps us build the audience. uh, And we appreciate your support. I wish you peace on your journey. May you always align with love and let your life speak. Mitaku yeyo yasin.